What really happened on that Thursday here at Augusta High School that led to Chris Wood's death? The fuck is that? Shit! I'm dying in this fucking country-ass fucked-up town. Shit flying in my mouth. The fuck? I can't see pollen. Let's get the fuck out of this country, motherfucker. I can't see me. Oh, wag. Is that something? <laughs> all right. You guys go on. I got to let he the guy in. He, he had his shit together. He was all professional, ready for his hit. And then all of a sudden, something just hit him out of nowhere. And then he just had, he broke, broke, broke journalist character altogether, man. Couldn't, couldn't do his damn, um, couldn't do his hit, man. Well, holy hell. Who was that? So his name is Isaiah Carey. And once again, he works for Fox 26 in Houston. Good dude, does great work, has his own show down there. Uh, but this is from 15, 20 years ago. This is like before he got to Houston. He's from Louisiana, so maybe he was in some small town Louisiana. Yeah, yeah that was Louisiana, man. Bugs and shit flying around. Yeah, like a bug flew in his mouth or at least in his face. But I think it literally like flew in his mouth while he's trying to do this uh, news hit. And yeah, like you said, he broke character. He went from professional to... Get me the hell out of here. Yeah, real very, quick. Very he went from professional to real real quick, man. Hey, what's what's up with you, my guy? How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good, brother. I am doing good. How about you? Doing well. You guys sounded there. Besides the whole pee thing, man, now you get me a complex. I really should go to the doctor. But yeah, you guys sounded great, man. Followed you guys for a little bit of the morning. There um, you go. Talked to, you know, heard what you guys talked about with uh, Marquette and, and Texas Longhorns, man. Pretty pretty damn awful, man. Um, I was yeah. expecting a little bit of a better sight. As a matter of fact, I had Texas covered. I didn't I didn't know if they would actually win, but I thought it would be closer uh to a game than than what we saw. Hell, I thought it would be, you know, right within that that six to four point range, but nah, man. Um Marquette's yeah, guard, Marquette's backcourt too much. When you see eight versus twelve, you would think the game should be relatively close. Right. Uh, and it wasn't. And I didn't feel great about the matchup. I think the line was like eight, eight and a half by the time we got the tip off last night. I would have picked Marquette to cover that, but I, I wouldn't have pegged it to go down the way that it did. I mean, this game was non-competitive in the second half. Like Marquette yeah. went on that 13-0 run to close out the first, and Texas just they never responded from that. So Dude, it was I, bad. I, I guess I, I guess I just don't know this Longhorn squad. Now, there again, there's a lot of turnover from last year, right? But I figured I had at least a, a, a decent of enough pulse on them to think that they'd be able to stay with Marquette. I mean, I knew Marquette was good, but I thought the Longhorns were a lot better than what we saw last night. Yeah, I don't know what this Texas basketball team is right now. I don't know if anybody knows what this right. Texas yeah, basketball team is. Like, they've, they've played a bunch of really bad teams, and they've played two awesome teams in UConn and Marquette. And I, I think a lot of Texas fans felt pretty good after the UConn game because the Longhorns didn't have Dylan DeSue. Right. They didn't have Caden Cedric, and they nearly won against the defending champs on a neutral floor, which was basically a road game because UConn has a ton of fans in New York. Uh, so after that, it's like, okay, no, maybe we are really good. And then there were a few just cupcake opponents in between UConn and Marquette. So it's like, yeah, we're winning, and we're winning handily, but what does that mean? And then well, after yesterday, it's like, well, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So that's like Texas hasn't played any – you know, middling Stuck. teams, right? No, yeah. no, they haven't. They haven't played anybody from like, I don't know, like fifteen to a hundred in terms of like teams in the country, to where you can really see how Texas stacks. It's clear that Texas is not a national title contender this year. They're not. Like, even when Dylan DeSue comes back, they're just not going to be there. 
and that's fine. You got a, a first year head coach. You had a ton of roster turnover from last year. Right. Like getting to the elite eight would have been a tremendous accomplishment for this team. Uh, th- this year's probably, it was probably always going to be more like Chris Beard's year one where Texas was a six seed, right? Like that to me felt more realistic than what we saw last year where this team was a two seed. They won the big 12 tournament and they made it all the way uh, to the elite eight. Uh, but I just like, I don't know how Texas stacks up with like good to very good teams. We just know that they're not on the level of some legit national championship contending teams. And I know Shaka Smart's their coach, so I expect Marquette to flame out. But, like, that is a roster that is absolutely good enough to win a they're national loaded. championship this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were, that they were that, that backcourt might year. be one of the best backcourts in the nation. Yeah. I mean, they were a two-seed last year. Now, they lost early because Shaka Smart can't coach in March. But they, right. um, you know, they, they brought a lot of guys back, including that backcourt that you talked about. So, yeah, they're good. Do you think is it is it a realistic expectation for Texas to go dancing this year? Yeah, well, it, it got to be a huge disappointment if they didn't make the tournament, right? I mean, because I mean, dude, I, like we talked about inconsistency so far in the young campaign. Um, like, like, and also, like you said, I have no clue what to expect from. I mean, Erasmus. I mean, that's that's how you pronounce his name, right? Erasmus. Hasmus. Hasmus. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing other syllables and, and other uh, vowels in there too. But Haysmith, man, um, besides besides him, there there was there was a lot of inept basketball last night for the Longhorns, man. Yeah, yeah, Haysmith was hot. He was really good early too. I think he had like 15 of the Longhorns' first 25 points. But he's, he's been got, the he's been the only answer so far. Yeah, I mean he he got off to a sluggish start shooting in the first three or four games, but over the last three or four games, yeah, he's he's been good. And look, I mean, he's the he's college basketball's active leading scorer. Like this dude can get buckets, so he's streaky, like all shooters are. He's gonna have some off nights, right. but you know when he's on, he's really really good. And unfortunately, Texas kind of wasted a really good Max A. Smith performance because he you know he was ten of nineteen. He had twenty five points. He showed up. I thought Kendall Weaver showed up, but that that's it. You're not gonna be yeah. You're not gonna be the top ten team on the road with two guys showing up for you that was that was a, a bad show and there's no real moral victory you can take because like ace Miss, i expect ace Miss to do that a lot so like that was great not taking away from how well he played last night but it's not like you know if dylan mitchell had 25 points on 10 of 19 shooting i'd be like yeah right that's right, cool. right like like no like ace Miss is going to get you that a lot but if the other guys aren't going to step up and play well then it doesn't matter what ace Miss does you're going to get run out the gym against really really good teams yeah, and um, to me, it's the whole Jordan Poole syndrome. I don't know if you watch a lot of Washington Wizards basketball. but <laughs> Do you? Poole, I know you're a Wizards guy, but you, you're wasting your I time paid, with that I shit. Paid for, I paid for NBA League Pass. Oh. I, I forced myself. I, I have the Wizards on one of the box, one of the boxes, okay? Like, you know how you can do with um with League Pass? You know you can have your four, your four TVs or your four TVs on one screen. I make it a point to have the Wizards on one of those boxes, just so I can say, "Hey, I'm, 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 I'm paying for what I I need." You know what I mean? Or at least I'm I'm getting what I want out of what I paid for, man. Like, I respect that's it, the man. only that's the only way that I can, I guess, I guess convince my wife that it's worth the money is the fact that I get the, a chance to have the league pass and watch uh watch the Wizards. She knows damn well the Wizards suck, and she didn't even watch basketball. 
So. You got, are y'all still the worst team in the league? I know the yeah. Spurs were trying. Yeah. Worst team in the league. We handle the best basketball contracts in the world ever, man. If you want, if you want to get paid and not do anything, come to Washington. Yeah, we'll, we'll pay you. That's it. That's, it's, uh, that's it's the worst team. And also, man, yeah. um, I'm I'm surprised that my wife is into this in-game series or in-game tournament. Like, uh, it, I I don't really follow it. I'm not really a big NBA fan until. I guess the Christmas Day game. I mean, honest, like if we're being honest, that's that's usually when I start buying a little bit more and putting more uh, in, investments into uh, into the NBA. Usually, yeah. man, right now it's 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 college basketball and NHL, dude. And yeah. shit, and, and, and you know the cap. You guys know me, man. I'm a Capitals fan, dude. It's all about getting Ovi over the hump and getting him the the record. But if we can't beat teams in the West or if, or or out, you know, in the desert like the Coyotes, dude, we getting getting you know a, a touchdown put on you. By the damn Coyotes the other night, you know who Bad the Caps for played hockey, man. You know who the Caps play tonight, right? Yeah, got you. I got you coming up. You guys I are got in trouble. Up. Actually, no, you're not. The Stars are playing like shit right now, so that's probably a free win for the Caps tonight. I don't think so, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's yeah, you're right. Like the ship, buddy. Let me tell you that basketball, like that's why they did this in season tournament, right? Like this thing ends before Christmas because there are right. so many fans who are just like you. It's like, ah, once Christmas gets here, that's when I start paying attention to the NBA because football is obviously still going on. And yeah, you've got college hoops, you've got hockey, but really it's just football. Like football is for most people, not for us, but for most people, football is the reason why people don't tune into the NBA until Christmas. Uh, so basketball tried to change that and it hasn't worked for me. I think it's worked for a lot of people. I think like, I think if I didn't, like, I, I'm just busier now than I've ever been, which is great. That's not a complaint. Like, thank God I'm busy. And I've learned as a, a business owner, if you don't have shit to do, then you're probably you're losing money well. and that's a problem. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, dude, I mean, doing radio, I would work for four hours a day. And then like, I'd get home after my afternoon show at seven. And then I would just turn on the TVs and watch sports on my AV consultation setup, And I wouldn't do shit. Like that's all no, I you did. Were, you were prepping. You were prepping for tomorrow. Yeah, sure. That's what I would tell people. But like, I you know, I just I wouldn't be really taking notes unless I was watching like, you know, when I was in Houston watching a Houston team, or obviously in Austin watching the Longhorns. Like most of it was just kept up here. Uh, and most of it wasn't really work. So like, I would I would turn on the NBA. Like, all right, I'd have a couple of college games on. I'd have a couple of NBA games on. Like in the middle of the week when there was no football. That's what I would do. I'm not even doing that this year. Like I just I have I've watched an embarrassingly low amount and I'm not a huge NBA guy. And speaking of AV consultations, I know Tom hates the NBA, so he's probably happy that I'm not watching much NBA basketball this year. But like, dude, at the horn before Zay got there, you were the like, you were you were the the, the, I was the basketball guy for the NBA. Yeah, 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 and just all basketball in general. And now it's like, dude, I. I watch maybe one to two NBA games a week. And when I say that, I'm like, I, I'm not even really locked in. I just like have it on. Right. You like, just got it in the background. That, yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's a great question. That, like huh. from going, going from just being like one of the head guys at like a radio station to actually running this whole damn business, man, what's been the biggest drawback or the biggest, I guess, change in lifestyle for you? I that's mean, it. Maybe right the there. fact that you're constantly on, right? Dude, I like, man, my, my last few months in Houston, I would I'd play golf once or twice a week in the morning. I'd just run errands. I'd go, I'd go have lunch somewhere. Like that Aaron not, that Aaron Hogan life, huh? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I was going to any suites or anything like that. But no, it was uh, it was fun, man. And like this is still fun, of course. But nah, just just time. Like I just 
I'm working. I'm doing stuff, which once again, not a complaint. Like I, I feel like a real person now, dude. I was spoiled. I would work 20 hours a week and I'd complain about that. And now it's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm working a little bit more than that. You know, it's just people would do the nine to five deal and I would just kind of laugh at them. And now it's like, shit, I kind of wish I was only on for eight hours a day, you know? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. But I mean, it's got to make you feel kind of special though when it all, like the, the thing that you're actually trying to piece together, right? Like your whole, your whole vision of this process comes together, man. It's got to be a, a real electrifying and culminating moment for you. To stack, and then hell, to have it, you know, come to a head and then in our in, in the inaugural season of, of or the inaugural year of Texas Sports Unfiltered, you know, we have a chance to go to New Orleans to make this thing happen, man. And by the way, thank you guys for um, the ones that have already jumped on board to get us up there to New Orleans, dude. We appreciate all that. Uh, you guys are fantastic, man. Um, yeah. We couldn't be doing this without you guys, too. So you guys know that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's got to be pretty, pretty damn wild to see all this thing come together, man, in full circle. And we're going to New Orleans, dude. Well, we deserve credit. You know, we as Texas Sports Unfiltered because it's not a coincidence that the first year we've existed is the first year that Texas is making it to the college football playoff, you know. So uh, go ahead and pat yourself on the back, Wags. And I'm a little disappointed. baby. The lack of thank yous that we've been given by Texas fans. Like, (laughs) any other media outlets start this year? No, we did. And Texas is in the CFP. So where are our thanks? Everyone's praising Sark and the players, and okay, of course, they deserve their love. But what about us, man? None of this happens without us, right? I, I agree with you, man. Typical Texas sports unfiltered banter right here. If it's not about us, it ain't about anybody else. That's, That's right. You got that right. Exactly. Exactly. All right, fellas. All right, BK. Have a that, good day, buddy. That guy lived. You let the guy in? Yeah, he just wanted to know how bad will the dog bite him. I said he'll only take off one arm. <laughs> He was worried about old uh, Yogi. I said he's not going to bother you. He's going to help you work, and help you, you get go. out of my, and get out of my yard quicker. So it'll be. I said the other one's locked up. What kind it. of dog you got? A Pomeranian? I got two. No, dude, I got two Great Pyrenees. Oh, oh, right, right, yeah, all right. Average, average. One great and one average Pyrenees. Yeah, so. one great and one very, very average. He's locked in the garage right now. He's all right. Where you going? What you got going on? Yeah, he's a busy. He, he don't just slam it. He just gets the hell out of here. All right, Buck. Well, welcome to the conversation, man. How you been? Thank this you, morning? man. Everything is good, Wags. I'm 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 feeling good. You know, feeling fine. Happy to be on this earth for another day, and just hoping everybody will stay safe out there. Keep your head on a swivel. It's the holiday season. All these creeps are out creeping around, stealing packages, doing stuff. And you know what? If you really want it, just let me know. If I could get it for you, I'll get it for you. I, you don't have to steal it from me. You don't have to. You don't have to steal stuff off of people's porches and that they've worked hard to get that. And if you're without, just ask somebody. You'll find out there are a lot of people that are willing to give you something if you're just ask. But yeah, that's all you got to do. And instead of holding people up at gunpoint or anything yeah. stupid like that, and no, nah, I mean, man, I, just say, hey, I, dude. I've never, I've never felt so weird. I there's, you know, I used to go to a um, ATM machine. I won't go to the when once it gets dark. I won't go to the ATM machine. That's that's how I've gotten. I've never been like that before in my life. That I'm so nervous about going at night to an ATM machine, but at a certain spot that I used to go to, I won't go to it anymore. So I and I, I don't blame you, dude. Um, the the fabric of our society is definitely changing. It's it's getting um, it's getting just worn down and worn thin, man. To where the point where we just need new material, dude. Um, 
the thing with me, Buck, is I've I've always been a huge proponent and and you know a, a big fan of owning a weapon or whatnot, but I've never had one. I never felt like I needed to have one. Um, but I, I believe that everybody should have the right to defend sure. themselves. Um, it's getting to the point like this year where my wife and I have actually considered the thought of getting a, a home firearm, man, just for protection. Yeah. Well, uh, I, have, been, I have. We several. got a ring camera, and there's been people that like. And this, we live in a damn good neighborhood, man. We're up near Avery Ranch, and we have people that are coming around on our property, snooping around and trying to get in, man. Like trying to open windows. Are you serious? Like, I that, know. That, yeah, it happened to me in Baltimore, bro. Like, yeah, I, I, ain't mean, got, I, I ain't got time for it. I mean, since I've come to the state of Texas, nothing's ever happened. I've never. I, I, when I had kids around, I never had a gun. I wouldn't have a gun right. in the house. I just, I wouldn't do it. But now I don't have kids around. I'm old and I'll ask questions after I shoot you now. Right. I mean, exactly. I don't, it's just, exactly. it's just the way my life, it's just my life has changed. You make one call to me and I'm down there in a heartbeat. You know, you know that. Well, I just, I have changed. I've just changed my thinking on a lot of things when it comes to that. When I had kids there, I, I, I didn't feel like it was, you know, I felt like I was young enough to protect my kids and I need to shoot anybody. But now, and plus, I didn't want the kids finding stuff. You know, kids can find everything right. in your house. They want to look. They right. they'll find whatever they're looking for. So I I wouldn't do it. But now I now I do. I do it. I do it for protection only. You know, I, I don't run around with a gun talking about how I'm going to shoot you. But I will protect myself. Well, so, no, you a good shot. I'm okay. I mean, I've got you know what I, I've got. I've got shotgun and I've got a Henry. I got an old Henry like the. All the, you all you need is a shotgun. You got a repeater. You got one yeah, of those. I've got, got one of those. I got one of those old Henry, the rifleman used to have. I've got one of those. Those are kind of cool. But you I got don't. Got a little carbine, man. You see, yeah. You see Bucky out there on the range shooting varmint. Yeah, yeah. I got. And I put my oh, chaps on. After Levon, what is this? Levon Cliff? Was that no, the dude? I look, name? No, I look like I look like Woody, the Black Woody from Toy Story. What I'm with my little pea shooter out there. Get the hell out! Now, now I got a vision of Bucky and some assless chaps out there riding a horse. <laughs> How was uh did you watch any basketball last night? I did, man. What'd you think about the Longhorns last night? The the backcourt for Marquette just too much, man. Too strong. Too for big, it. too big. Yeah, they and they got some big ones too, man. And of course, uh, you know, I kind of talked a little bit about that yesterday. How I think like Marquette's just they're they're a top 10 team for a reason, right? And usually yeah. Shaka, we remember like Shaka's whole mantra was was getting after it in in you know high pressure defense and in in havoc basketball, right? Well, now he's got size. You know, yes, he's, he's, he's got a backcourt, he but now he's also got size. Like, he can play multiple styles of basketball, dude. Um, it is and, – and, and BK made a pretty damn good point. Like, Marquette's hot right now, but they'll probably sizzle out because that's usually how Shaka Smart teams tend to go or trend as the season progresses, right? People well, start a, to figure him out, and Shaka doesn't really zig when he needs to zag. Well, there's a lot um, of veterans on that team. Buck, they, looked, they looked fantastic last yeah, night. Yeah, the kid Tyler Kolick was good last night. The lefty, he was – I mean, he was going left, and they weren't making him go right. They couldn't force him right. And every time he got to the left, he was going to make a shot. And, I mean, he's got range. He's got strength underneath. He had some boards. Uh, I, I mean, I like their basketball team. Texas did a lot of things outside. It's a perimeter team. You know, they're missing Dylan DeSue. Their other big man didn't get the ball. They don't play inside out at all. Not at all. They, they, it's they, all, it's they all perimeter. Can. Yeah, it's when, all perimeter Who's not in there? It's all perimeter, Buck. Yeah, and, and Asmus, I like him an awful lot, but he's, I mean, he had 25 points last night. He hit the first three threes, but he's very but streaky. When, when yeah, that's I mean, all you got, Buck, when that's I all know. you got, the defense can play on that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's right now, he's the only, 
you know, and, and Hunter wanted to start shooting last night. He was 0 for 6. I mean, it's just, it's just that that guy, Acemus, as much as you love him, it's going to have, when he has his cold nights, it's going to be right. real cold. It, it just be is because he doesn't, it doesn't seem to do much else with the ball except for shoot. He's, I mean, I, I mean I, he's probably a well-rounded guy, but right now he's trying to get his jumper off. And he shot fifty percent last night. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, like, even when he plays great, even when he plays great, you in in the nobody else shows up. You're going to have contests like this where you're blown out of the gym by twenty. Yeah, I mean, because because he's going to be because he's going to be the volume guy with the ball in his hands. So that's and, it, and it, no, 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 it was, I thought it was. I mean, you can't. I expected I expected Marquette to win. I actually thought that. Um, mm-hmm. I actually thought that the Longhorns would be in the run. Like, maybe it'd be close, like three or four. I think the line was six when I saw it. BK said it went up to eight. I thought the Longhorns would actually be in it. I thought it would – I didn't think that they'd be, you know, running it off at the end of, and dribbling it out at the end of the game. I thought it would go to free throws and be extended sure. somewhat, right? Um, but, nah, man, this is – this this game was dominated complete from start – I can't say some, from start to finish because it looked like, you know, the Longhorns were actually going to be able to, to – mustard or or salvage something um towards the end of the first half but nah marquette just continued to run away with it dude second half completely belonged to marquette um i don't i I said it before yesterday i don't know what type of team this longhorns basketball team is and i still i i still kind of don't have a pulse on them um if (laughs) if all you can get is your production out of acemas um and when the sioux comes back you just got a one-two between acemas and the sioux I, I don't have high hopes for the Longhorns. I even yeah. asked BK if he expects them to be dancing. Um, he's BK thinks they might, you know, get to the dance. I, I I see them right now struggling to get there, man. I think they'll get stronger as they get their big men and they get a full complement of guys ready to ready Good. to go. I think they're still. I mean, it's young in this season. Everybody's looking for how they were and how they're positioned and, and who fits with who. And remember, last year that team had a lot of veteran players on it. They had guys right, a lot with- of turnover. And now there's a lot of turnover and, you know, you get guys out of the portal, they can be great players, but there's still a fit that you have to have. Rodney Terry is no longer an interim coach. He's the head coach every day. I mean, things are, things are different. You know, I mean, I think, I still think it's going to be a pretty good basketball team. I think they've got a lot to offer, but they're just going to have to get, you know, it's just going to take a little bit more time and they need Dylan to sue. They need another big man. And if they're not going to go inside out every once in a while, and they're going right. to rely on this perimeter shooting, well, Acemus is going to take a lot of shots. He's going to volume shoot. Now, if he shoots 50, 60%, that's nice. But there are going to be nights when he shoots 30% and you're going to lose games yeah, because and he hasn't he, got well, the ball around, you know? Yeah, you, you can't compliment. If you're not playing complimentary basketball, if you can't have somebody else to run off of Acemus's points, then you're probably going to find yourself in a position like you found yourself last night, especially if you're going up against a team that's in the top 10. And some of those shots aren't, some of the shots he takes, those aren't good shots. No, he, but he's not but, elevating above guys, and he's not a go to the basket guy. I don't see him going and finishing like a, a lot of little guys will finish, and a lot of guys who who are scorers like he is will go to the rack, finish, and get to the foul line. His is all perimeter jumpers. I mean, and and they're jumpers with people's hands in their in his face and stuff. I don't see him being a guy who's going to take you to the rack as a little guy and get n ones. You know, he, he exactly. Just, and, and if you're a guard, Buck, if you're a one, you have to be doing that. You have to be able sure. to 
change pace and and keep the defense off balance and doing what you just said, taking the ball to the rack. You, yeah. When you do that, you, you get the defense to respond and they shift and rotate in a different way and that opens up vulnerable spots for the offense, man. It yeah, maybe he'll be more for the you know, with, a, with a bad rotation over. You get sure. a little dump off pass there, a little lob dunk, and then, you know, you should be off and running, but you're not getting that. You Like I talk about with complimentary basketball, man, you're not getting that right now. Because and he's, he's, and, not, and it's not to say that he won't become a facilitator. It's just they're still trying to get used to each other, you right. know. When they're playing, they can get away with that stuff playing bad teams. But when they play teams like Marquette, number five, that's tough against a team. Their guards are big, and they're and Texas is still small at the guards. Those, those guys are 5'10", 5, 5'11". 5, yeah. You know, Hunter's not that big. I mean, he may be tall, but he's not that He's not stocky. Some of these teams have big six three guys that are two fifteen. They, you know. they got some NBA talent. Yeah, they got big, big, strong guys. They grew those group last night. Like I said, that kid Kolick was he was physical too. He was, I mean, he rebounded, he shot well, he got to the in the paint where he wanted to, and nobody could stop him going left. And he did, and when you when you get guards, when you guys got when you got guards like that that are big like that, can rebound. He wasn't flashy, but he could shoot. He could shoot and he could go to the rack. So I like what Jake brings up right here, Buck. Thought Hunter would be more of a slasher we need, but he um he hasn't been so far. And I agree with you, Jake. I think and it, and it goes back to what Buck was saying a couple of minutes ago. A lot of these and and maybe it's you know, maybe it's just the identity of basketball now or or how guards act now. Um to me, the identity of a guard, you should always be attacking. You should mm -hmm. not you should not be settling for shots on the perimeter you should look to be able to, to to you know generate you know types of of um scoring chances and scoring you know plays at the cup right how do you yeah. do that penetration man you have to be able to take the defense off the dribble you have to be able to you know to to have um you know backdoor cuts like you were talking about with with, with hunter or whatnot you're not seeing that productivity out of these back out of the back card out of the backcourt of the Longhorns yet, you're seeing them settle for perimeter shots. You yeah. can't do that, man. You can't be playing Duke basketball when you don't have Duke guards. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough because when you when you got that all around guard, he'll go to the basket. He'll he'll make somebody else wide open. He'll toss right. it off to him. And it's not always finishing. It's always finding. It's to me finding the open it's man creating. that has has a shot. And there and the and size wise, it's now back to you know the five nine to five ten guard. Not a lot of those the guys now are six two six three. And they can defend. Texas right. had, was going to have problems defending other teams and their guards too. I, I, you just, you know that as good as Hunter can be defensively, he's going to have trouble because he's thin. I mean, and Asmus, you're going to give up some points to the other opposing guards too. The, the guys that will go down there in the paint themselves, get right. you in foul trouble, and get rebounds. I mean, rebounding is a part of it too. I mean. That kid Kolek last night, that guy had like eight, eight, nine rebounds last and, night. And look, and you brought it up. He's a lefty, right? So lefties are it's tough. It's tough to guard lefties, man. They just like look at how much Harden uh Harden has had success in, sure. in the NBA. Like granted, I know yeah, James you're not Harden defending those guys in practice all the time. Type of shooter, right? But he's lefty, man. It's it's just it's a different type of angle. It's just an unorthodox angle when you're talking about, you know, with, with your approaches or pursuit in, in terms of lines or angles on the basketball floor, right? When you're approaching a lefty, everything's completely opposite. Sure, it's different. And and, and they, they didn't do, I didn't think they did a, a good enough job forcing that guy to go to his right. They just gave him the right. left and didn't think he was athletic enough to finish. And that dude was finishing last night at the rim. That was the problem. He, he finished a lot, so... You know, yeah, not a lot of mid-range game at all. Uh, you know, in in the uh, the overall um, 
uh, basketball attack for for Longhorns, right? Like usually that's kind of what we had, you know, to fall back on was the mid-range jumpers and, sure. and complimentary basketball. That's not happening, man. Usually it's coming down. To, now it's coming down to just Acemas and. You're not going to win like that, guys. That's no, that's the that's the part you miss about Dylan DeSue. He he became right. that guy in the paint that could, you know, that little eight to twelve footer. He's he's going. He he got hot in that area, and then he got really really crafty around the basket. And so right now you're missing the hell out of that guy. I mean, they they need him, but they need him to be healthy. You can't have him show up and then get banged up right away. They have to make sure that he's ready to go, ready to play. These games are they don't mean they don't mean a lot. Now that game meant a lot. Because down the road in March Madness, that may mean something in your seating. Oh, sure. What, what happened to him last night. But what you have it'll to be do a resume, is, It'll be a resume builder for sure. If they would have won, that would have been one hell of a resume builder. Well, but. this conference is a resume builder anyway. The conference that the, the Big 12 in basketball, that that does it alone. So you got to make sure your guys are healthy because if you get a guy banged up and then he's missing for a month and a half, that's a problem. So you want him to be as healthy as he can get, no matter what they talk about with the foot. You know, I keep saying – Man, when is this when is this thing going away? He's had surgery, he's practicing, but hell, don't put him in until you're ready to put him in. Right. And now you can go some inside outside game a little bit more because Sue, as I said, became a pretty crafty player last year. Oh, dude, he was, he was kind I of would a say that he was the X factor. He's the reason why we got as far as we got. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't just a journeyman. He became like you said the X factor. He was he was doing some really nice things. So, so they missed that. They miss his leadership. Double double miss, machine, man. Yeah, they miss a lot of leadership right now. As I said, when you start getting new guys on your team, it just takes you some time. And as I said, that team, that Marquette team had guys, they had veteran players. They understood each other. So I'm not, I'm yeah, I'm just waiting it, to see. That Mark that Marquette team that that they didn't have much turnover, man. They had a lot of productivity, a lot of success last year. It's gonna continue to have that success this year. Um, I was expecting Texas to have a, a little bit better of a performance last night instead of you know what we got the 80. 86 to 65 performance there. Um, but now, like, uh, I guess, you know, real, realistic expectations for you, Buck. I asked BK the question. I'll ask B, uh, you the same question. What are your realistic, real, uh, realistic expectations for the Longhorns here going into the season? Do you, I mean, at, at the top of the Big 12 at all, competing with Kansas? No, I think they'll be maybe number three. Okay. Somebody will be in between them and Kansas, I believe. But for me, for this team, if they're – if, if if they're number if they're number two or number three, that's okay. It's the Big Twelve. That means you've right. won some you've won some big time games. You've lost a couple big games, but you still should make it to the. You still got to be able to make it to the tournament. This team has got enough to make it to the tournament. I, I believe if they stay healthy, if the big guy, if if any of the big guys are out for any period of time, that's going to be a problem because then all they have is a bunch of scrappers. Right. They don't have legitimate big men. This was the kid from Virginia coming here. Was supposed to be the big man that they really, really needed, but you know, you miss guys like Timmy Allen. You miss those Marcus Carr on the, on a given night, and those guys ended up having they started to really come together and gel together in the middle of the season, and then throughout as they got closer and closer to tournament play, they got better and better. I don't know. This team is going to take this team is going to take a little bit more time, unless Acemas is just going to be. I mean, if he's going to, I don't be think Calvin, it's going to happen. I don't think he, I don't think we can rely on Aitmus every night, man. Well, if that dude's going to be Calvin Murphy back in the day when he played for Niagara, shooting fifty pointer, fifty point games, and and you know forty five points, averaging you know thirty five forty a night, then you can be in it. You know what I'm saying? If if, if a guy right. can go off like that, I mean, he gets away from guys. He gets his jumper off, but 
He's yeah, but alive. if you're going to do that out of necessity to stay in the game, Buck, then it's not a good sign for the No, it's not. Right. It's not. It's because the ball has to get – the ball, there's five right. guys out there. That, they got to touch the ball too sometimes. Everybody's so. got to touch it. Absolutely. Exactly. Let me tell you guys something about AV consultations. Everybody's got to touch the phone and call AV consultations. 512-255-8678. For 35 years, AV consultations has been setting the standard in audiovisual automation. Since 1988, they've been supplying the clients with the in the Austin Central Texas area with the very best uh, TV equipment and audio equipment. So you got to look at the TVs behind me right there, the flat screens, the 4Ks. Look at the arcade machines down there. If you want something like that, give Tom McKay a call, 512-255-8670. I also got a dream theater system downstairs that we can watch all the smut TV that we like. There you go. Like Real Housewives of any type of town that you pick in the USA. Also got the low deck so I can see some of those girls and some of those oiled up guys for my wife too, just so I can be in the right spot at the right time for my wife. Audiovisual consultation makes that happen for you 512-255-8678 the very best in av consultations or the very best in audiovisual automation 512-255-8678 that's avconsultations.com let me tell you about our friends over at uh covert bk wags they've been fantastic to us along with all of our wonderful sponsors but out there in b caves they got seven different brands of automobiles buicks gmc's cadillacs chrysler dodge jeep and ram and it's all in that one location. It's not just a small location. They've got 42 acres out there in beautiful Bee Cave, Texas. And while you're out there, do say hello to Stacy, Dan Cover, Jerome, Mike, the whole gang out there. They've been doing this and selling cars, trucks, and SUVs in Central Texas since 1909, when I was a baby. That's when they've been doing this. And you'll love the folks out there. And nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. They sure don't, man. Hey, I wonder if Juan Soto took a ride in one of those covert... He can afford a couple of those covert cars right I, now. I wonder if he took one out, out up to New York, Buck, because that's where he's heading, man. How about that? Uh, the pinstripes getting richer. We talked a little bit about that yesterday, teased it, thought maybe Juan Soto, Soto might end up there. And sure as shit, he's in New York, man. What's that well, do for your old lineup? Well, it does everything for the lineup, but is he going to be one of those guys that are always hurt too? I mean, that this right now this Yankees team has got a history of guys. I mean – even the even the big man now is starting to get hurt. I mean, Judge, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he's going to start into that, you know, the Yankees have been, always been so good when it comes to their outfield and their sluggers, as a matter of fact. But even the great Mickey Mantle hit a drain pipe out in center field at Yankee Stadium back in the day, he screwed up his ankle, right? And was not the same. And so, I, hopefully, for Judge, this this whole deal of falling through the fence there, you know, last year is not something that's going to linger. But I worry about Juan Soto a little bit too, but. He can ball. I mean, he can absolutely. He's a, he's an offensive threat. I mean, he's got the numbers to back it up, and now he's got the cash to back it up. So he is a machine. Yes, dog. And that's that's the thing. Like, if you're Cashman, you, you know, you're envisioning piecing together. You know, another what? You got 27 World Series already, right? You're you're piecing together trying to get your 28. This is a key cog, a key component. One of the marquee uh, names that you can put in your lineup to make this thing come back. The like I heard Cashman over the, um, over over the last two months, Yankee Yankees personnel is pretty pissed off. Like your expectations as a Yankee going into every every baseball year, you're supposed to win. You're either competing for the pennant or you're competing. If you're not winning the pennant, um. Or excuse me, if you're not winning the World Series, you've already captured the pennant, right? Like that's that's the expectations, realistic expectations of the Yankees. It's just winning has been so 
drastic or, or just um it's been you know, few and far between now. Yeah, it's exactly. not been very it's good. Been, it's been too little, too not, right? For right. for winning for the Yankees, right? Premium winning for the Yankees. Cashman's willing to do anything. We've already seen them. They made a splash so far. They got Juan Soto. Now, if you can keep all these cogs together, right? My God, Buck, how dangerous can this lineup actually be? If this lineup could ever stay healthy, and I mean their farm system is just okay. It's not one of the best farm right. systems in baseball like it used to be. It used to be one of the best. It's no longer like that. So when they have to make these trades, teams aren't so willing to trade up, you know, and 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 for the Yankees to get who they want because the farm system's so weak right now. It's not like the Rangers and what the Astros do right now. It's it's back there in the back of the pile. Now they've got the money, obviously. They've got the money when you want to go straight up cash, but when you've got to make when you've got to make deals and you've got to give up something, they don't have much to give up right now. They 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 don't. They know they just they're they're gonna be okay pitching wise. But it's it's the health of the Yankees and the depth of the Yankees right now, and maybe the managing of the Yankees. Right. It's coming towards time for that cat too. Yeah, you think Aaron Boone's the guy? I huh? I, I I think it's time to make a change there. Uh, the Yankees acquire Juan Soto, like we just talked about, and Trent Grisham um, in return for the Padres. Right-handed pitchers Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Johnny Brito, and Randy Vasquez. Uh, also, catcher Kyle. Uh, Higasoka, uh, Higashotoka. I thought, I hope I said that right. Um, anyways, that's the return that the Padres get there. Um, you got to think, you know, you just talked about it. The Yankees, um, kind of lobbying off or, or kind of auctioning off a little bit of their, uh, a little bit of their roster, a little bit of their farm system to, to try and get that big marquee limelight name. Um, hopefully it, it kind of, well, actually, I'm an Orioles fan, so hopefully it doesn't work out. But, anyways, man, when you, as an Oriole fan, seeing the, this type of, of transaction, it's very alarming, very well, scary. Well, when you see Juan Soto play, when you, you think when you, the Orioles are starting to get to the top of the AL East, and then the Yankees make a move like this to try and get them at least 20 games better than they were last year, sure. I, it, it's, it's tough, man. But the thing is for the Yankees, for me, it's the pitching. Your arms got to come together. You know, Garrett Cole's still who he is. That guy can pitch. That guy can get that guy can get it done. You know, they're they're gonna have to, you know, their bullpen was all right, but their middle relievers were not very good last year. They couldn't, I mean, if if, if the starters couldn't go, you know, can and couldn't get you six or seven, middle relieving was awful for the Yankees. They just they just don't have that. Their farm system is not not filled with pitching right now. So they're eventually gonna have to give up some players themselves to get to get to the point where the Yankees are and their farm system is just gonna have to get a little bit better. And once again, I, Aaron Boone for me is it's almost that time. Um, I think the, I think the time for Aaron Boone was probably about four or five years ago. Yeah, I mean when the Rangers and, did what he, they did he came off of a TV contract, right? That's where they that's where they got Aaron Boone, right? Yeah, I would I would be I would rather have an, an older manager that's been through the through the thick of things, and when things get a little bit tough, to can handle what's going on with the Steinbrenners with Cashman and, and the rest of them. I don't I don't know if I'd like to have a young manager. With the Yankees, I, I mean, I do like what the Rangers did. They brought a guy who's who's been around, you know, who, who's done a fantastic job, who's had World Series, who's been a part of championship teams. And that's what the Yankees need. They need the guy who's going to be strong, you know, uh, behind the scenes and on the field for them as a manager right now. You think Boone's just a yes man, basically oh, just does oh, whatever yeah, yeah, yes, he is. Time runners want. Yes, he is, and and he will remain that way. Nothing's going to yeah. change in that way. He's not. He's not going to get. They're not letting him get off on his own and and do what he wants to with certain lineups and things like that. His decisions. That's going to most of that stuff is made by Cashman anyway. They've just trusted him for so long. Hell, maybe when Boone gone, Cashman gone, but I don't think so. 
Cashman's you really you think Brian Cashman's the problem? No, he's no. I uh, know he's never going to be the problem because they're never going to get rid of him. Yeah, exactly. No, no shit. All right. I also heard a little bit about what you guys were uh, were teasing the thought of one Bill Belichick leaving the New England Patriots. Are you guys out of your gourd or what? Do you think he'd really end up in New Orleans? I, I mean, I, I said if there's a team that he could end up, I mean, BK talked about the Chargers, pretty young team, young quarterback. You know, their defense is so-so. You know, I, I mean, I, he'd, he'd probably help them defensively. That guy's a, a defensive genius. Just even when he has bad teams, his defense are okay. But I, I mean, I can't, I can't, I, I, I just think it's, it's that time for him to part ways with uh, right. the New England Patriots. You know, when you found out what that was all about, it was all about the quarterback. You know, what? and all about, all about what happened as as time goes on. I mean, Bill Belichick's are like 72, 73 years old. That's what I was like. Do you think Bill Belichick even wants the coach anymore? Like, do you think this last ride with the Patriots might be the last ride of all? I believe it is. I, I mean, I don't think BK believes it is, but I believe I believe it is. I think he's done. What else is it for that guy to actually do in, in, in the game of football? He is that guy. I mean, it, he, it seems like the perfect type of ride off into the sunset for Bill Belichick that you would get, like not going out on top, being like, all right, yeah, kind of exhausted this thing. Um. You know, I, I don't really like the NFL anymore. Yeah, and well. Robert Kraft is not happy with that dude. Right. That guy, Robert Kraft, spends a lot of money. He's used to, and he's now, because of Bill, Check, Bill Belichick, he's gotten used to winning because of him and Tom Brady. When they split, Robert Kraft didn't want that split. He didn't want that thing to happen. You know, Belichick pushed that more than anything just to show that it's all about him, that I can coach, I can find any other right. quarterback and make this work. Robert Kraft was not down with Tom Brady leaving even though he was paying the checks, but he trusted in his coach. And now, okay, I've trusted in you. Now I've seen what's happened over the last couple of years. That guy's still got another championship. You do not. So maybe it's your time. And once again, Bill Belichick is 70, 72, 73 years old. And there just comes a time. I mean, all those, all those old time meetings that you used to have, you need some, you need, you need some younger blood up in there. Yeah. He, uh, too many trips on Jimmy Johnson's boat. I know that oh. they do that every every summer. He and Jimmy Johnson go out there and go fishing out in uh, Cape Cod or whatnot. Um, yeah, it's like you said. Maybe it's time to turn the leaf and, and get. Oh yeah, something. and once the Matt fans Jones is not working for you, my guy. Oh, and the fans of New England, when they get soured on you, you can forget about it. Oh yeah, I've been around the Celtic fans. It, when when they sour on you, you're done. And and the oh, same yeah. with the Patriots fan. They've been so spoiled, and now they've soured on Bill Belichick. I would I would probably think that 70% of those people would like to say it's time. What about this right here from Rob? Imagine if Jerry gets um Belichick and sets NFL records as a cowboy. Are you serious? Do you think Bill Belichick would ever end up in a Dallas Cowboys uh uh front office there? No, they couldn't coexist. They I mean, what's he gonna do? Is Jerry gonna I mean, is Bill Belichick gonna coach the Cowboys or is he gonna right. be in the front office? Because they couldn't coexist as coach, coach. Coach, it'd be coach, coach, and owner because Jerry Jones thinks he's part coach too. So, right. I mean that that that's that's one that that but you that know it, it might actually it might actually work though, Buck, if you think about it, because Bill Belichick doesn't want to talk to the media at all, and Jerry Jones, that's all he wants to do is talk to the media. But like you said, two alphas just no. gliding heads, you know, trying to you know trying to get you know both of their ideologies off on the same setting, but it's just not going to work, man. Yeah, yeah, Jerry's uh, got the right guy, and he's got another yes guy in there right now, and it's fine, and, and it's working out. They've got, you know, they've got the they've got the talent to do that. It, I mean, did it work with Parcells' book? 
Rob's sitting here saying that it worked with Parcells as a, as a Cowboys head coach. I think it looked I think it looked okay. Yeah, but I don't think Bill Parcells was in his seventies. I mean, this guy Bill Belichick is old, y'all. Right, right. And he ain't and he ain't putting up. He probably I feel like. And don't get me wrong, like I know the tuna's mentality, right? But I feel like Bill Belichick is to a point in his life now to where he's might be a little bit meaner or just more impatient than Bill right. he's not gonna Bill Parcell he's not ever gonna, was, right? No, I mean I think Jerry and Bill had a little bit of a relationship into this thing. Bill Belichick will not be around long enough if that were the case. And what do they need Bill Belichick for? They got Mike McCarthy, they're winning. What I mean, why would you even bring that up? Nobody, nobody in, nobody in Dallas is thinking about getting rid of the Hamburglar. I mean, that guy's Are doing you kidding? <laughs> Love that guy, man. That guy, that guy McCarthy, is getting it done. I think McCarthy's a couple of wins out, or a couple of losses away from being out of here, man. That's what I think, dude. That I'm starting to think it was the guy calling the plays last year, and that offense. Look at what's you know? happening over in. Look at what's happening with the Chargers, dude. Chargers can't get out of their own way. It's Kellen Moore. No, no I mean. I, they're, I think they're doing. I think the Cowboys are doing all the things that they need to do right now. You know, they're making they're making it easier for Dak Prescott, and he's having a great year. They're figuring it out. The the fact that yeah, they need to run the ball, but don't beat your head against the wall. I mean, that's like like people think that Philadelphia is a running team. That's they're all about Andy Reid's throwing the ball. Right. That's what they want to do. They'll run it every once in a while. Triana, yeah. Yeah, and and you know. Yeah, when, I mean, when it started with Andy, Andy, and then Sirianni, those guys want to throw. They they're not about actually running the football. They'll do that on occasions, and that's the same. Mike McCarthy is is making a, is is doing it both ways right now. I mean, they're they're effective enough running the football with the Cowboys right now, but they're finding out their main weapon, C.D. Lamb. You got to get the ball to him. You can't have go games where that guy goes empty. That's right. that's on you. That that kind of stuff happens, but it's not happening this year. I mean, he's catching balls all over the place. And they're making sure he's in the game plan, whether it's a reverse. He'll run it out like a running back out of the backfield. I mean, you have to feed certain guys. Certain guys have to, to have right. the ball in their hand, and he's one of those guys. Yeah, and see, he's like the guy that needs at least 10 touches a game, right? Yeah, and but the, I, was, I was saying before about with BK, I didn't realize Ferguson would come along that quickly when they lost Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz was, I thought, very, very capable. He did everything but run block. He was just a liability in run blocking. I mean, he'd just get in the way. And you're actually getting some run blocking from Ferguson. Though. That's sure, the thing. Getting, and the other tight end they're doing, too. They're doing a, good, a damn good job. But, I mean, he seems to be Dak's guy now besides C.D. Lamb. It's the other guys that they got to pick up the, the pace a little bit in, in the throwing game. But they're they're running the ball effectively enough. And this is the key for Dallas's offense, I think, and why Dak is having so much success, right? The, the opposition, the defense – the opposition's defense was kind of honing in on C.D. Lamb because it's to what you said. It's pretty much the X factor that the Cowboys needed. That that was the only productivity that the Cowboys were having throughout the season, right? Mm-hmm. Once Dak started finding that rapport and finding chemistry with Ferguson like he had with Schultz last yes. year, the Cowboys' offense started unlocking. He started seeing more runs come up for Pollard as well, right? It's because the defense has to respond to the middle of the field, leaving that, you know, the line of scrimmage a little bit more vulnerable, right? And then also what happens there when you start, you know, uh, adjusting to the middle of the field, it leaves the sidelines and it leaves your, your slants open for C.D. Lamb. It's almost like everything just naturally opens up. It happens with the tight end, Buck. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's going to happen both ways for the, the Cowboys and, and Philadelphia this weekend because 
Both secondaries are just kind of, uh, and, and right now Philadelphia's secondary is real, real bad. They can't spend their time leaving C.D. Lamb one-on-one with anybody. You'll see Philadelphia in a lot more zone this week. They'll be willing to give up Ferguson's ball, but they don't want to give C.D. Lamb balls over the top right. by beating guys one-on-one. And the same goes for same goes with with the Cowboys. You know they don't want to leave A.J. Brown or Devontae. Or Smith. They don't want to leave either one of those guys alone a lot because you know Bland last week as many interceptions he has for touchdowns. They picked on that dude. Seattle right. picked on him last week. They put everybody on him. They took their best passing plays and went after him. And I was saying during the game, I was saying, man, he's covering everybody tonight. What is the deal? Is, is it that they're going after him? Because I thought in my mind, I said, this guy's been a pretty good defender. He's taking a bunch of balls back the house the other way, more than anybody in the history of the NFL. But it didn't stop Seattle from saying, we don't think you're that great when it comes to one-on-one coverage. We, we just right, don't. Right. You can't do this all night long with the different receivers that we have. And they were pretty talented with Seattle. But now he's going to go oh, up yeah. to Philadelphia. Well, we're not putting him Metcalf one on one. Metcalf had a night, didn't he? Metcalf he had three touchdowns, uh, like like buck fifty through the air or something like that. Yeah, I mean, and 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 the old man there that went to K State, they threw to him too, and they put him, they put, they went after Bland again. They're going to do this. Philadelphia's going to do the same thing. <laughs> Who are you calling the old man? Are you calling Lockett the old man? Yeah, that that half ball head dude that looks like he's about forty five or twenty six. I don't think Lockett's not, that old, is he? He's, he's not. I think he's been in the league for more than eight years. No way, dude. I think Come he's on. Five. Tyler Lockett is five. No, he's been in the league for more than five years. Tyler Lockett? I gotta look. I, I'm gonna have to look this up. Wasn't There's Tyler no Lockett? Way. Was Tyler Lockett playing for those dudes when they won the Super Bowl in Seattle? He was no. on that team, right? No. He was not? I don't think so. Well, maybe I'm just old. I think Tyler no. Lockett. Wait, is, who that who the hell was the I can't even remember the receiving core for Seattle? Oh, Baldwin and somebody Baldwin. else. Oh, that's you're right. Baldwin was one of them, but Doug Baldwin, Jesus, God, that's a name, huh? Yeah, they anyway, got right. It. So we are halfway through the NFL season. Do you have any predictables for your NFL MVP? Well, I, I Purdy, I think is is right there. Obviously, one maybe close to the leader in the clubhouse. I don't know. You know, last year with Geno Smith, he's not getting close to it this year unless they just come out of nowhere. But I, I like Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott right now. I, I think okay. those, are, those are the two main guys right now. I don't see what about else. your guy, Tua? He's been falling pretty good. Well, Tua's done a good job, but Tyreek Hill will be, will be the guy. If there's anybody to win the MVP on that team. Does he get 2,000 2000 receiving yards? No, no. Does he, does he have enough games? We have enough games for him to get 2,000. I guess we do. I thought he was going to get it last week. I thought he was going to get it last. He he was having one hell of a game last week. I mean, clearly not the performance that uh, Ty or um, that DK Metcalf had. But I, I mean, you could argue that Tyree Kill and DK Metcalf had the best performances. Well, his numbers are going his numbers week. are going to rise closer and closer to the quarterbacks as a wide receiver if he gets two thousand yards. I think it's and, and well, he said it before the season. I mean, it's hard when guys tell you this is what I'm getting this year, right. and, you, and you get close. He's right on it. He may be getting um, close to the number, but I think he's he's, a, he's uncoverable, Buck. He he is he is uncoverable at the moment. Uh he creates separation. I thought that uh Keenan Allen was probably the best route runner in the NFL. Um that that is noticeable because Keenan Allen doesn't have that much speed that 
Tyreek Hill does. Tyreek Hill has blazing speed and he runs tremendous routes. His cuts are fantastic. He creates separation almost better than anybody in the league right now, dude. And that's why he's getting open. I can't give Tua the nod for MVP because I've seen Tua throw in the triple coverage multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. He still throws in the triple coverage when he's firing to Tyreek Hill. He he, he hones it. Tyreek Hill is that damn good to where Tua is honing in on him and the defense is is closing in on Tyreek Hill and he still um, he still somehow gets away and just is, is able to scamper for for 70 yards. I've never seen a wide receiver like this. Well, for for my money right now, I'll take CD Lamb over everybody this year. Okay. I just, I, there's there's Medcalf, all of them. I I just like the way CD is playing playing the game. I'm watching him run, run routes, setting up gas, and his hands have been way more consistent than they were in the past. I mean, he used to drop the easy ball. Right. He makes the dynamic catch right now. Plus, the easy ball is really easy to him now. And if you throw it up there at a 50-50 ball, most likely he's going to get it 80% of the 50-50s now. I mean, he's. I just think he's at the best, the top of his game. I think they they understand how important he is to him. I think he's matured enough that he he's obviously the guy. To me, offensively, he is their guy. I know how people are, are talking about Dak, but I think C.D. Lamb is as valuable as anybody you've seen in this league right now. And I think he's the best wide receiver right now in this league. I, I think Tyreek Hill is the best wide receiver in the league, but I got C.D. Lamb definitely top five. I'm trying – I, I, man, I really like A.J. Brown for, for Philadelphia, too, man. I think A.J. Brown's – I could argue C.D. Lamb in top three. Um, it's hard to not give Mike Evans his roses, especially with just the inconsistent quarterback play that he's I had. Given that guy a thousand-yard season for Mike Evans. That's I haven't given now. that guy his roses since he left, left Texas A&M. I always thought that was a bad move. I always thought – I thought I thought Evans was going to be just a, a good NFL player. I didn't think he was – He's going to have Hall of Fame numbers when he's all said and done. He's he's tremendous. He's got tremendous speed. He's a tough son of a gun. He'll make tough catches. He'll take hits. But I never thought he was going to be that guy because I thought he was okay at Texas A&M, and that's why I thought, hey, he's just going to be an average pro, but he's way better than that. He's got you could argue that he made Johnny. You could argue that Evans made Johnny look like Johnny. Maybe that was the case. But he's he is a fantastic wide receiver. You're right, see, and after all this talking about C.D. Lamb and Metcalf and some of these other guys, I never even put him in there. And I probably, if, if I thought about it and you said who's the top five or six receivers in the NFL, his name wouldn't even come up in my mind. Mentally, it wouldn't come up because I've always had this negative vibe. Well, about it, he's also been doing it very quietly and under the radar too, right? He, you know, he's he's on Tampa Bay, which isn't really, you know, one of those teams that's heralded as is one of the the hot teams. Um, or it's not, not so much of a big brand, you know, team now that Brady's gone or whatnot. He did have Brady for three seasons, so that was some some mm-hmm. decent, consistent quarterback play. But besides that, I mean, he had Jameis Winston throwing to him for the better part of his season. Yes, so, he did. Uh, I mean, and and yet with the inconsistent quarterback play, the guy has still been able to to muster up ten seasons of a thousand yards receiving. Man, yeah, Jerry see, Rice had I just never thought that his ability to pull away from people was going to be there. But his length and the way he catches the ball, and he pulls away. He's got enough speed. There's no doubt about that because I think when he when he left Texas A&M, I thought, oh god, this guy's this guy's going to run four six, four seven at the combine, and he was like four four and change or or low four five, and he totally surprised me. And his career has totally surprised me too. Uh, no, I agree with you, man. I like like you said, very quiet, very under the radar. Uh, you know, accumulating yardage like that. Oh my uh, I see some comments in our. 
uh, in our YouTube smash line here, as I like to call it. Um, I'm going to go with my top five receivers. I got CeeDee Lamb still in my top five, but I do have Chase. I got, you know, I got Justin Jefferson as well. Um, like I mentioned, you know, Tyreek Hill, of course, CeeDee Lamb's in there is my top five, and then also A.J. Brown. Those are my five wide receivers that I think are the, or the top of the pantheon in terms of production for uh, wide receiver play in the NFL. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Titans are wishing they never gave that guy away. Dude. That was one of the biggest trades in football over the last five years. One of the years. dumbest <laughs> trades I've ever seen. And, and, and for some reason, the Titans like to deal to the Philadelphia Eagles, right? You've seen Barrett yeah. go to, uh, to the damn um, Philadelphia Eagles as well, man. So I think Philly's, you know, they're primed and ready to, to compete for the NFL championship here or the, the Super Bowl here. Uh, out of the out of the out of the AFC, I still want to give my roses to um, to the Chiefs, man. Just until somebody's able to knock them off. But Baltimore is playing exceptionally well, dude. And matter of fact, Baltimore's rivals are playing tonight: Pittsburgh and New England. What do we feel about this dynamite well, contest tonight, Buck? I'm finding something else to do because Pittsburgh is. Is hot, hot garbage on offense. Give me a unit play for this bad boy. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch this one. This would be one of those ones you watch for about. If you watch the first quarter and then get yourself some good sleep, because that's it's just going to be a mess. Baltimore, I'm, I'm, I'm still good with them. They're playing a little bit better on defense, but until I see Lamar Jackson totally get it done and last the season, because you know we still have some games to be played in the regular season, so that guy has got to stay healthy. You know they've got the legitimate run game going again for them, but I'm still I'm I, I'm I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson. I'm not because no. like I said I'm not seeing him in a full season of play. Okay, I've, I've seen something happen, so I'm still waiting for something to happen with that team. But I, gotcha. you know, Cincinnati, obviously with Joe Burrow out. I mean they played well enough to win last week. Browning looked Browning looked all right though, hadn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean there. I mean, but in the long run, for a long period of time. For them to get to the playoffs and go anywhere, that's not that guy won't be the answer for them. It's just it, that that's not going to happen with them. So, and I still look for. I mean, I picked, I picked San Francisco. I believe no, I picked the Dallas Cowboys and Miami to be in the Super Bowl. That's a good pick. It might and be. I'm still I'm still hanging with I'm still hanging with Miami. Just a one on one game. Let's get you there. Beat Kansas City. Do whatever you have to do to get to where you need to. And I think the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're the, to me, their defense is what's going to have to pick up the pace a little bit. I'm fine with the Cowboys' offense now. It's the defense. You know, I, I gave I gave the stat today, I, I and I had heard it just before I got on the show, that Micah Parsons has never got a sack on third down against the Eagles. Get out now, of here. Are you serious? But he's got, I mean, he's got sacks all over the place on second, third, maybe fourth, but he doesn't have a third down sack against the Philadelphia Eagles. Which is wild because you think that that's the best time to get a sack, right? Well, you think that's the, the obvious time when guys get sacks is on third down on on those passing situations, but he doesn't have one against them. They find ways to they find ways to neutralize him in that game, and and the Cowboys have to win this game. Cowboys oh, are yeah. going nowhere, or or they're going to be on the road for all of their games if they get to the playoffs. They need to win this. They need to win on Sunday. They have to beat Philadelphia. They can't lose to Philadelphia twice in a year. And to me, it's it's what we were just talking about a couple of minutes ago. A balanced attack is what's needed when you're going up against and playing this Philadelphia Eagles squad, right? They mm -hmm. they are very vulnerable. I think they're very vulnerable in their secondary as well. Yes. Um, if you can, like we talked about, if you can get Ferguson involved into your your offense early, right? And you know, yep. 
allow that defense or or keep Philadelphia's defense, you know, to be to be fair and to uh, you know to not so much hone in on one CD Lamb or whatnot. You got to keep the defense honest, right? That way it keeps you know we just talked about vulnerabilities and wide openness in the middle of that field. It opens up more uh, more running plays, more uh, uh, ground and pound for for Tony Pollard there. You can get that going, and then that opens up your your play action pass, which McCarthy's known for. That's that's all McCarthy's offense is, man. It's all predicated. It opens up with Dak basically utilizing his tight end like he did with Schultz last year. That's that's the success that I see, or that's the recipe for success that I see for Dallas trying to compete and beat in Philadelphia. Yeah, Philadelphia, on the other hand, it's like you said, Dallas has been struggling a little bit with their defense. Philadelphia, man, um, they're their run their their pass plays are extensions of their runs right and you know everybody talks about how good you know philly's rushing attack is well most of that rushing attack is from jalen hurt or um jalen hurts too right it's it's not so much design qb plays but it's just breakdowns of of pass plays where jalen hurts is able to extend the play you know get to the outside right. there and, and get maybe like seven or ten yards but it's he's not looking to run like he did last year he's banged yeah. up so he's not taking off like he did last year. He's he's doing the tush push and having fun with that. Yeah. But he's not taking off for 20, 30 yards like he did last year. He's getting he's trying to get to the first down markers and then he's sliding. He's doing all those things, smart all those football. smart things a quarterback should do. But it's gonna be the deal will be if 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 the Eagles can get pressure with their defensive line on Dak Prescott this week. Yeah. They they haven't they've been okay, but I, I still I like the I like the Eagles defensive line. I like some of the guys that they I like Jalen Carter and those guys. A little bit better than I like what the what the uh, Cowboys have to offer on their defensive line. Now, Micah Parsons is just the best best player out there on defense. I would are agree. They, are they going to Are they going to be able to hold him back? They find a way to neutralize him. If they can do it again, then Philly Philly's got a good chance. But I just don't think Philadelphia beats Dallas two games in a season. I don't think this happens this way where both teams where these teams give up two games to each other. And for Cowboys, they can't afford it. They can't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They can't do it. They have to win this. This is almost a must-win for the Cowboys here. No so, doubt. Um, we do got to. I, I do got to talk about the the Thursday night game. I know it's it's really unsexy. Um, hell, the NFL don't even think it's a sexy game. Uh, the, the guys in the desert are only predicting uh, to a total of points of thirty and a half is your over under tonight, Buck. Okay. Um, so they're expecting not much offense on a night where usually offense prevails because teams just aren't ready to, you know, to be set for the week on Thursday night football. Usually you see the defense give up stupid plays to the offense. But yes. again, again, the boys in the desert predicting 30 and a half for the total score of this. So don't expect much out of these two squads. Uh, we don't even know if Kenny Pickett's going to be able to play. And by, you know, playing. and by the way, Ken, all you Steelers fans out there, Kenny Pickett is not the guy. He is not it. No, uh, they're going to always be looking. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent, man. Um, I, I thought Canada might have been a little bit of the problem there with the offense being so inept and lethargic for uh, for Pittsburgh. But no, it was it was bad. It was mediocre quarterback play, as Tom Brady likes. Well, to look say. for them to win the game though tonight. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Mitch, I think Mitch the bitch will be starting. Mitch Trubisky, uh, he will yeah. be in there um, for sure. And they want to uh, prove to you that they can throw the ball down the field. Fantasy relevance there. Make sure you're getting Mitch Trubisky in. But my yeah. God, guys, this could be a really bad performance for for the nfl tonight i mean too bad and you don't really think that you're seeing two historical teams like this to say this but two really bad football teams this year buck yeah it could be looking you know maybe mike tomlin's looking looking to get out of football here after this 
You know, you he, he does win. He knows how to win. He has a, he'll have a winning season. He always does. But I don't know how far that, that team, you can't just rely totally on your defense to get it done. If Tomlin were to leave Pittsburgh, because because Rooney's ain't getting rid of Tomlin. He ain't, like you just said, he's never had a losing season. He's he's gone 500, but he's never had a losing season before. If the if if Tomlin were to leave Pittsburgh, where would he go? Where would he want to go? I don't know. He, he's a defensive minded guy too. So I I could don't you know. See him he, in, I asked that because could you see him in New England? I I don't know. There, no, not really. No, I couldn't. I could see him with the Chargers getting their defense the way it should be and finding a good offensive coordinator. They're going to give him open up the book to to find a guy who can coach offense. So, I mean, I I could see that happening more than anything, you know. That, but I can't. I, I just don't. I don't see him in New England. I wouldn't see that. Well, Buck, we do got a scorcher tonight for Thursday Night Football. Make sure everybody's uh, tuned into it. And I want to thank everybody for uh, sticking in with us and watching Chaos Theory, man, myself and the Buck. Buck, thank you so much for sitting Not in a problem, brother. Man. under the weather, man. Well, I hope he gets to feeling better, Wags. You have a wonderful day. And uh, I will see you folks tomorrow bright and early. It's time to smash out. Slam it. There he goes. Buck Buck leaves the stage and Jeff and Jordan enter. What's up, guys? Nice- How you Day. Nice picture of Bucky's crotch before he signed off. Thanks, appreciate thanks, that. I appreciate it, dude. Uh, what you guys got planned? Lots of portal talk, some football talk. Actually, Wags, uh, I, I know Bucky's not with us, but I did want to mention this if he was still here, but he's not, but I'll go ahead and mention it anyway, man. Uh, this shows you the kind of guys. Uh, Bucky recruited some great players while he was at Texas, but uh, Priest Holmes uh, doing some really good work. Uh, he hosted, uh, He's hosting his third annual fishing lines at Christmas time event on Saturday in San Antonio. First 300 kids to register, age 15 and under, you get a free rod and reel, uh, you know, lunch provided. So shout out to Priest Holmes for taking care of. Are you serious? uh, He's giving away free rods? Yeah. That's legit, dude. Yeah, man. Priest Holmes, good dude. I've I've met Priest a couple times. That's a fantastic. I mean, uh, you should always teach your kid how to fish, right? I mean, yeah, that's that line. My dad didn't have the patience, so. (laughs) Not too many of our fathers do, man, especially with our generation. Anyways, guys, y'all have a great day, man. Uh, Thank you guys for watching Chaos 3. We will see y'all tomorrow, man. Hook them.